Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, former Wall Street analyst turned holistic health practitioner. In 2015, I suffered from chronic allergies, lifelong back pain, and fatigue and brain fog that were so bad that I feared that I had a brain tumor. Then I found the first medical medium book, and I quickly recovered from these symptoms plus many others. Fast forward through all of my trial and error and hard lessons learned, and now I'm using all of that knowledge and experience to help people just like you heal. I created the Quest for Healing podcast to give you clarity on what a health journey really looks like guidance to get you through challenges you may come up against, and support and inspiration here whenever you need it. So if you're looking to take control of your health so that you can move forward with your life, you're in the right place. Happy New Year and welcome to episode number 92. I hope you enjoyed the holidays and were able to spend a lot of time with your family and friends. You may remember episode number 64, which was last year's first episode of Quest for Healing, where Kathy Reagan Young discussed finding work that fits into your life when you're dealing with chronic illness. And in keeping with that theme, this first episode of 2023 is also focused on finding work, although with a little bit of help from the angelic realm. My guest today is Heather Angel. Heather realized six years ago that she didn't need to be in an office to work as an executive assistant. And that's when she found herself exploring remote work and becoming a virtual assistant, otherwise known as a VA. Since then, she's worked with many clients around the world, all while running her own business from wherever she wants to be while embracing the flexibility of remote work. And for the past year, she's been teaching people just like you how to get started as a VA. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was because I know a lot of you, as you heal, are looking to get back to work or are looking to pick up some extra work for the cash. And one of the greatest things about being a VA is that it gives you flexibility, both time flexibility, but also the flexibility of working from home, which when you're following this lifestyle may be important either from a food prep perspective or from the necessity of needing to be able to take rest breaks during the day, or it could be that you have another reason that's very specific to your own health journey. 
Another reason why I wanted to do this episode is that as our community grows, many of the members of our community are exploring ways to spread the word about medical medium's work and help fulfill the needs of our community members, whether by becoming a health coach or starting a medical medium-inspired restaurant or pursuing another avenue, but they can't do all the work alone. So many of them turn to virtual assistants for help. But so many virtual assistants out there aren't familiar with medical medium, which I think creates a very special opportunity if you're interested in becoming a VA. And I don't know if you saw it, but a few weeks ago, Anthony even posted on Telegram that he was looking for a VA to help with his social media. So today I've brought Heather on and we're going to learn all about what a VA is, the different kinds of VAs what some of the skills you'll need to learn are, and what some of the downsides of this can be, and where you can begin if this is something that interests you. Heather provides a lot of great suggestions here, so if you're driving, don't worry. I will include links in the show notes for much of what we talk about, including the link to a free download that goes through the different types of VAs. So are you ready? Let's dive right in. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kirsten. I'm so excited to delve into this topic, as you already know, because we've had a couple of conversations about this. And I'm just so excited because I know my audience is going to love this info. I am excited too. So the first thing I want to dive into here is, what is a virtual assistant, otherwise known as a VA? Can you tell us what that entails? A virtual assistant is generally self-employed and provides professional administrative technical or creative assistance to clients remotely from a home office so they can work anywhere. So you gave us a bunch of different things in there. Are there specific types of VAs or ones that group different things together, different activities together or things like that? Could you get a little deeper on that? Yeah. So there are some basic types of virtual assistants, and then there's many different things that can be done in side of those. But one would be a general admin, an executive admin, an online marketer, a content writer, a video editor, graphic designer, and a strategist. There's a lot of different things that flow into those, but those are kind of the basic types where you can specialize in those specific things. And so what are some of the differences? Could you delve down into a couple of those and tell us what some of the tasks are for those? Absolutely. So as an example for general admin, executive admin, you could do email management, manage a content list, calendar management, facilitating conference calls. Since we all do those virtually now, you can um, you can do those, you know, mostly via Zoom would be the typical And so that would be the person who's essentially scheduling it in the calendar, setting up the Zoom link, organizing the other parties, sending out the emails and the reminders and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And then when a Zoom is going on, they would be in the background, kind of in the sidebar, like taking notes, answering or forwarding questions to the person facilitating, and then also maybe putting in links and that kind of thing. Uh, Okay, great. And then what about some of the other ones you mentioned? Yeah, so there are like social media that, you know, social media strategy, you can do social media audits, social media posting, content creation, that kind of thing. 
creating slideshows for either slideshows and or videos. So that could be for social media or for a presentation, ebook creation, video editing, writing blogs. That's even, that's a thing that a lot of people don't realize. You can get paid to write a blog and whether it's your name on it or your ghostwriting, that's, that's part of it. But yeah, a lot of different things that you can really hone in on. And we'll get into that a little bit later, how to decide those. Okay, cool. And when you got started in this business, which area did you start in? I started as an executive admin. My background was as an admin. I had worked for owners of companies and top level execs. And so I started as that. I didn't even realize it was a thing, like maybe many of you, where you can actually use your skills to work remotely for multiple companies instead of just working for one. And yeah, so I started as an executive admin and then quickly got into realizing, I guess that system strategist was really the technical side of things is where my clients were needing. Um, and that was kind of what lit me up. So so what does a system strategist do? So a system strategist would come in and look at the different aspects of a business and figure out what tech they're using, what software, you know, programs and what they're using, what they're not using, because that's another key is, is saving your client money, right? So figuring out what goes together, how to put it all together to make the business run more efficiently and put less on the owner. And then taking that um, and automating as much as possible. So there's a whole, you know, process, but it's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of just overall looking at the, at the, the business and really becoming a thought partner in the company. That's so interesting because whenever I've heard the term VA thrown around, which I've heard it a lot over the last few years, especially as I started my own business, so often it seems like it's a social media person. But one of the things I've loved talking to you about is it's not limited to social media. It really covers the gamut of a lot of things. And so for my listeners, if they have interests in things that are not social media, it doesn't mean that they couldn't be a VA and that they couldn't find that area of expertise that they already have and leverage that. So that's really cool. So what is the day in the life of a typical VA look like? Having just said that there's so many different kinds, but what does that sort of look like? So the typical day in the life of a VA varies, which is one of the reasons I love it, right? Because I don't like doing the same thing all the time. But the first thing I would typically do is, and I say it that way because I'm no longer a VA, but I do teach how to become a VA and I've been one for so long. But I would start with looking at my calendar. That's critical. So you don't miss anything. Um, I always look at it the night before and then first thing in the morning just to kind of get my head wrapped around what I've got going on. That's a whole other series that we could talk about on scheduling and managing your time. but. The next thing that I would typically do is check my email and then I get started on my projects. I am one that does not like the same, like I just said, I don't like the same environment. I don't like to do the same things all of the time. So 
I will move around during the day. I make sure I get up a lot. It's very easy to become complacent sitting all day. And that's something you have to really watch. So I get up, I stretch, I move my computer. I work from a laptop. I do have multiple screens. Sometimes I use them, sometimes I don't. And I make it so that I can go at any time to another location. When it's nice out, I'm outside most of the day. So I just set up my environment to, you know, the kind of three main critical things are my laptop, my AirPods, my phone, and a notebook to jot down things. And then, of course, water, stay hydrated. Awesome. I love it. And so then as your day progresses, are a lot of your tasks just project work? And so you have a variety of tasks in your day? Is that how that works? Yeah, that's a great question. So every VA runs their business differently. I am project-based. I started out hourly where I was working, and we'll get into this a little bit later as well, um, but I would work more hourly. And so I was more focused on individual clients, right? Because I'm working for their specific projects. But the other way that VAs can, can do it that just worked better for me. It was to work hourly and to do it per client. But another way that a lot of BAs will work project-based, completely project-based, and they will have their timeline using a project management tool and they'll have their deadlines, but they will work. So say they're doing social media for three different clients. They'll do social media on maybe Mondays for that week and the next. And so that way, they're doing everybody's social media. They're already in that zone. It really just depends on how you work. And that's kind of the beauty of it, because you can categorize it like that. Or for me, I get in a creative flow. My mind is very much analytical. It's also very creative. I've got a very weird mix, and I have to be firing on both of those. But obviously, one is primary, right? So if I'm in a creative flow, I'm going to do everything I can creatively to get my best workout. I also work quicker. So I'm going to do better for my client, um, produce better things. And so if I'm in a writing flow, if words are just coming easily, then anything I have to write that week, I'm going to do it that entire day. So it's that kind of thing. So, but it it just depends. Every person is different and they like a schedule. I'm not a scheduled person. So that's so interesting. And so when you first started looking for clients, how did you find your first clients? So the way that, and I kind of stumbled into all of this, right? Just learning about it online. And I started researching people that were doing it. I think I saw an ad or something on Facebook. I don't even know. And so I started following just a few people that I I had researched. And then I realized that there was um, agencies. And so I started working for an agency. It was actually for a ridiculously low amount of money, which I don't recommend. But because I was so new to it, and I just wanted to get my feet wet, so to speak, I took this position at an agency. And it actually was the best thing that I could have done. I've gotten lifelong clients from that. I then reached out to a couple of other agencies and kind of got on their their list. So, you know, 
if you want to call it that. And they'll send you out, you know, job opportunities. And I had one of my clients who, even though I'm not a VA now, is still a client of mine. He bought me out from the agency. So I'm no longer going through them. So it's a way to build relationships. It's also a way for them to essentially pay you to learn some of the things you want to learn. As long as you're up front and you don't (laughs) hide that you don't know how to do it, they will encourage your learning, um, encourage your getting into a certain area that you may be good at. You just don't know all of the ins and outs of it. And so it's a great way to learn. Oh, that's fantastic. And maybe we can put the names of a couple of those agencies in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. And then can you talk to me a little bit about how pay works in this business? We did talk about how some of it's project work and some of it's hourly. Like, how does that work? Yeah. So because you are your own business, you are contracting for another business. You set up your own pay structure. So the way that I like to recommend when I'm teaching, there's several different ways to do it. There's two that I recommend. Always, always get paid up front. Don't do the work for somebody first and then get paid. It's your business. So you get paid up front. Whether or not you, if you're doing a project, a lot of times I will do half up front, half later. Um, Especially if I'm like building a website or something like that, then I will take, it's a larger amount of money, right? So I'll take half up front and then half when I'm finished and they're happy. So that's one way or one thing that I always recommend doing. As far as pay, you can either get paid hourly. So when I first started, I did it as like a time block. So like 10 hours uh, was my minimum. So they had to buy a package of 10 hours, but that 10 hours could be used for a month, two months, a week, whatever, whatever it was. And then we would renew. So I keep track of my time and then I would submit that and submit the invoice when the next invoice was due along with the time from the last 10 hours. So that's a good way to get a minimum. And it's also a great way to start because if you're working with somebody, five hours is not enough to know if you're going to work well with them or not, but 10 hours is. Typically. So so a 10-hour package was always my minimum. And then the other way to do it is to do monthly retainers where you've got a set price. Okay, I will do this work for you for this amount of money each month. And a good example of that is social media management. You know, I will post this many things. I will create this much for you for this amount of money. That's how how that works. The other thing that I want to say about money is The person that you're contracting for, they don't pay your vacation. They don't pay your holidays. They don't pay time off. They don't pay your breaks, your lunch hours, and all of that. So you're having to pay your own taxes and you, you you need to take care of that. So just kind of keep in mind that pay is, it's not a set thing. Like, in other words, one part of the country might on average get paid $15 an hour for whatever service. But on the West Coast, maybe they get paid three times that for that same type of service because of the cost of living. You don't take into account that. It's kind of an average of the whole. 
Okay. And what type of rates do you see in this business? What's sort of the range, like an actual dollar amount? Yeah. So the actual dollar amount, I, I always suggest never going below $25 an hour. And then I've seen it go all the way up to 65 for a VA. So between 25 and 65 is kind of the standard. The way I did it was I started, I believe I started at 25. I don't think I started lower than that. And then once I got a little bit more confidence and I felt like my time was worth a little bit more, and that might even be just two clients worth, right? I might, you know, two months later, just be like, you know, I'm feeling more confident in in my skills and and what I'm doing. And I feel like I can really offer them more um, and more value. And so then I would bump it by two or three, five dollars. And until I kind of (laughs) hit, and now I'm not doing hourly, I'm doing project, but that's kind of how we set that. Okay. That's really helpful. So what is some of the downside of this work? So some of the downside, this is an amazing question because it's not something people necessarily think about when they're getting started and it should be, but if you don't know to think about it, you wouldn't. So some of the downsides are that you're constantly working, right? It's your own business. So you're always in work mode. You have to, like I just took a long weekend and I felt guilty about it. And I had to stop myself and say, wait, 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 (laughs) you work very hard. You work very long hours and your clients are extremely happy. You need this break. Oh, I so relate to this. (laughs) I think this is what happens anytime you have your own business. Like you're so dedicated to it, right? Like you want your clients to be happy. And so you're pulling out stops all the time. And yeah, I have a hard time with that boundary sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding and knowing what you like to do, it then, once you figure that out, it then becomes your baby, right? You are so passionate about what it is because you love it. And it's something you've put your heart and soul into. And so you're constantly, I mean, to the point that I have seriously considered putting bath crayons in my shower, just for the times that I have brain ideas. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't have anywhere to write them down. Um, Notepad by the bed at night, you know, or my phone, um, which I know is probably not the best practice, but you're just constantly getting ideas and constantly in work mode when you're driving your spouse (laughs) just gets bombarded, you know, that's I'm speaking of myself, but he's always listening to my ideas and bouncing things off. And so it's really hard to leave work and to take a rest. And so that's, it can be a downfall. And you want to make sure that you know that before you go in so that you're being conscious of it. Um, You're aware that, you know, the water breaks need to happen, the exercise, the 10 minutes around the block is a great way to rejuvenate versus another cup of coffee, you know, and that kind of thing. So just becoming aware of that. And I think this is super relevant for this audience because so many of us have dealt with health issues. And so part of the goal here, right, is being able to take better care of ourselves and our bodies while having a productive job. And I think understanding 
what your own personal needs and limitations and boundaries need to be to make this work for you, I think is a, a really good exercise to go through before jumping into this with both feet. Because if you know that you tend to be tired in the afternoon and you need a break and you can't work for pick a number, two, four, six hours straight, whatever it is, make sure that you're honoring that in yourself and structuring it so that you're taking the best care of your health so that this can be sustainable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's huge. That's really huge. I am a great example of that. I am not a morning person at all, but my best work is done first thing in the morning. And I never, ever knew that until I started my own business, right? So knowing that, I know that my slump is in the afternoon, my brain fog starts. And so I'm able to get all the really important stuff done, all my creative stuff done first thing in the morning. I know that's critical. And then I save the things that are just kind of more mundane, that are more ritual for the afternoon and evening. And that not evening, you shouldn't work evenings. I don't advocate working evenings, (laughs) but sometimes you have to. It's, you know, if I wake up with a migraine, I shift everything in my day. And that's the beauty of owning your own business is being able to be very flexible in what you're doing and accommodating, but becoming aware of your body and how you work is, like you said, absolutely critical. Awesome. And this is why I get so excited about doing a podcast like this. Yeah. Because I think it's just, it's so important for the members of this community. So awesome. And so if somebody is interested in delving into this a little bit more, where would you suggest that they get started? So the first thing I suggest you do is making a list of what you currently know how to do. So what are some of your experiences in the workplace? Are you an admin? Did you do any marketing? You know, what are your skill sets there? So what do you know how to do? And then make a separate list of what you don't like doing. So you might know how to do it, but you can't stand it. You don't like it. It's not something you want to offer. And I'm going to give you a quick example of this for me. I I'm very much a people person. I'm very much an extrovert and I get my energy from other people, but I can't stand talking on the phone. (laughs) Put me on a Zoom all day, but I cannot stand talking on the phone. I mean, even to family, like I'm just like, okay, let's text. We can text it. So I refused in my business to offer that service. I don't take phone calls. I will talk to my clients. I will not make appointments for their clients, that kind of thing, because it's just not something I love. Now, one of the girls that went through my VA course, she loves talking on the phone and she would do that all day. She would take client calls all day long. And so that was something that she's able to offer. Now, the third thing that I would recommend making a list for is what do you want to learn? What is something that you don't know how to do yet? but you have an interest in it. So is it blogging? Do you like to write, but you've never done a blog before? Is it social media? You've got an interest in social media. It intrigues you that you can get paid to post on somebody's account and play on social media all day, 
But what does that entail? Is that something that you want to learn because you're not sure about it? What about video editing? There are a lot. I mean, there's a huge need for video editors. And Oh, I will second that because, boy, I tried to figure that out and it was not fun. So I just hired somebody for some. I haven't done that much of it. But when I did do a couple of uh, YouTube videos, I was like, okay, editing podcasts is enough. I can't edit video. (laughs) Right, right. And it's a special skill, right? So is that something you want to learn? You know, you have to be transparent. At least that's how I run my business. I'm very transparent if I don't know something. But what I will say is I don't know how to do this or I don't have experience doing this. However, it's something I'm very interested in. I've done this and loved it. And I'm confident that I would be able to do this. And so if that is something that they're looking for and they're willing, you know, you're honest and upfront with them you can learn how to do a specific skill that you might not otherwise take the time to do. Awesome. And I think that's great advice. So if somebody wanted to be a social media manager, what might be the first steps that they would take to go forward with this? So I would follow very specific people online. And what I mean by that is there is going to be a million different, if you were to just search social media manager, everybody's an expert in it, right? Everybody thinks they are. And so you want to follow people that have proven themselves and that are successful in it and that are aligning with your values. And what I mean by that is I, as an example, follow Pat Flynn. Um, I know that you do as well, Kristen. Yes, I do. I love him. Yes, it is. (laughs) And the reason I follow him so closely, while he's not necessarily social media, he's YouTube and and email marketing and that kind of thing. But I follow him as a person because his values align with mine. The first time I saw him present anything or teaching anything, he was wearing a serve first shirt. And I love that thought, that value that he has is serve your community, serve your people. And I love that so much that I started following him and it's been years and years now. And so that's how I pick other people to follow. That's how I choose who I'm going to follow and take advice from. I can give you a couple of examples if you want specific. Absolutely. That would be really helpful. And we can um, tag to them in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Jasmine Starr is one. I follow her too. You do you? Of course you do. <laughs> She's amazing. She is was a photographer, is still a photographer. And that's how I found her was I was, be, yeah, I was a photographer for, I've been a photographer for years. And I started following her when she was still doing weddings. And then she stopped doing weddings and she started a social media company essentially. And so I follow her specifically for Facebook and Instagram. She's really, really big on Instagram, but she's also got, again, that value that I admire the, the serve first, her community is massive. I mean, you just, she's just an amazing person. And so, and she's really, really giving and She's got common interests for mine, right? With the photography and that kind of thing. And then another one is Brock and Shailene Johnson. I love them too. Brock's Instagram stuff is fantastic. It is. 
he shows you that it's okay to just be right. You you don't have to be anything big. You don't have to be, uh, you know, put on false pretenses. He's just who he is and everything he does. And so they've got quick teaching moments. They are just very personable. They're very real. And their primary focus is Instagram. So that's, I prefer Instagram myself just personally. And so that's where I tend to lean as far as who I follow. So the other thing that I would highly recommend is joining a community or two for these people that you are following, that you're looking up to taking advice from. So I am in Jasmine Starr's community. I'm also in Brock and Shailene Johnson's community. And I listen to their podcasts, both of them. And then I watch like their reels and their TikToks and those kinds of things. And so when you're in a community, you're paying a monthly fee for what they're providing you. But the stuff that they provide, you can kind of like take as you need it, right? So it's always there, which is the beautiful thing about it. But you've also got a community that you can network with. And that's huge. And that is another way to touch back on what we were talking about before that you can get clients and that you can get started is you just get in and you start networking, talking to people, just having conversations, being real and authentic. And it's amazing. Time and time again, even a year later, I'll come back to a conversation that I had and we end up working together or collaborating on something or teaching together or whatever it is. And so you just never know. So yeah, a really long way to answer those, those questions. Those are just a few people that I follow. I think that's really cool because in our health community, having community is super important. And I did notice when I started my own business, I needed to reach out and find community too. And I started in one community that was for people who were just starting out. And that was great at the time. And once I got over some of those initial humps, that's when I actually ended up joining Pat Flynn's community, which is not focused on being a social media manager or anything. It's focused on, you know, businessy stuff. And I mean, that's, that's where I found you. It's where I found a couple other guests for the podcast. And I've made a lot of contacts there. And it's, it's nice to have that support for those businessy things, because I don't really know people who do that. And so I think even as a VA, to have those people around you who are doing the same things that you're doing can be really valuable. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's one other thing that we wanted to talk about, and you had touched on it before, and it was automation. And I know you have something else to impart on us with that. So what are your thoughts on automation and the life of a VA? So in talking about automation, there are many different ways to automate. And what automation actually means is simply taking something, taking a process and duplicating it, making it happen automatically so that it's not something that you have to do manually every single time. An example of that would be social media management. When you are scheduling out posts, if you schedule them a week or two in advance, then you don't have to think about those posts as a regular, like, oh, I've got a post today. So you've taken that off of your mind. So like I mentioned before about the brain fog in the afternoon, I know that in the afternoon, if I don't have social media you know, scheduled for a client or whatever the case is, then I'm not going to get it done because 
it's like the afternoon and I'm just not as productive or I forget, but that thing has been on my mind all day. And so it's taking up space where if I had it automated, I wouldn't have to pull that. Right. So that's, you know, just a way to keep ourselves fresh and to keep ourselves more on track and not have to take up, take up that brain space. That brain space is super valuable too, because that jumping all over the place with trying to keep all those balls in the air, it does take up a lot of energy. I totally get that. And I do think also, if you're going to sit down to do, say, social media, to sit down and create five Instagram posts at once, like that process of doing five at once is going to take less time than it is to do one every single day. Take it from me. I've done that both ways. It takes a lot longer to do one every day than it does to do five at once. It does. Absolutely. Another way to use that example is for email management. So if you're building an email list, right, you've got your clients and you, um, this is, you know, a little bit more advanced maybe as far as working with clients and that kind of thing. But you want to automate that because like, I've got a, a, client as an example, my my oldest client that I just talked about, I still do some VA work for him. And because I just absolutely adore him and I really believe in his mission. And so he's got a workshop that he's doing tomorrow. Well if I hadn't automated those emails, I would be stressing about having, oh I've got to get those emails out when I can just schedule them to go out to his, you know, workshop participants and they are reminded and it's not something that I have to jump on, you know, an hour before because it's already set up. So it's those, those kinds of things. And it's really, really helpful to automate as much as possible. That also gets into, you know, creating processes and that kind of thing. But there's many ways to automate that we just don't think about. Right. And for anybody who doesn't know, there are a lot of software packages, I think that's what you would call them, or websites, some of them you have to pay for that help with those things, right? Yes, absolutely. So I'm thinking of ConvertKit, which is what I use for email management. And I don't know what you use for social media management or what you used to use for social media management. Yeah, yeah. So that actually leads us into my favorite collaboration tool. So some of those like ConvertKit I use for email management. I also use for some of my clients Active Campaign. MailChimp is another one. ConvertKit is my favorite. A little plug to them. Um, <laughs> that's who I use too. And that's all as a result of Pat Flynn. So thank yep. you. <laughs> exactly. And then for so there's so many tools that I'm such a tech nerd that the tools I love all the tools. Okay. So social media, I will schedule directly in the app if I can at all possible. I use the Meta Business Suite for Facebook and or Instagram. There also is a platform called Hootsuite. There's a couple other platforms, Buffer. Those are kind of the two that I would recommend that I've used both of them. I like both of them, you know, for different reasons. But those are great platforms. If you can, try to schedule directly in the app. If you can't, then use a Hootsuite or a Buffer as an example. Some of the other tools that I love to use is Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. That will 
automate or it'll keep track of your time and then print reports. So it's super easy. You set it up and it's done and you just have to hit start time, end time and what project you're working on. So that's a great one. The other ones that I love are like Marco Polo. I don't know if you have ever used that, Kirsten. I have not. Okay. So Marco Polo, like I mentioned before, I don't like talking on the phone, but you can't always text a conversation if it's a longer conversation, right? Marco Polo, there's a free version. I'm all about the free tools. And and I always suggest use free and then upgrade if you really like them. Um, But always start with the free version. So there's no reason to spend extra money for most of these things. So Marco Polo is a video app where you can just quickly record. The person can watch it whenever they want to watch it. So it's not something you have to be live for. So it's like texting with video, essentially. And there's a free and paid version of that. Loom is another one. Loom is a great tool. I use it with my clients all day, every day. And there's a free version. I think you're limited to five minutes at a time, but nobody wants to watch more than that anyway. So so that's perfect. But it records your screen. And so this is a tool I'll use with my clients where I can record an example of what I'm seeing if I'm having an issue or how to do something. I am a community strategist. And so I, when I'm building a community out, there's a lot of going back and forth. And so I will record a Loom video to say, hey, this is how I set it up. What are your thoughts? And then they can view it really quickly. It's a minute or two. And it's just a great way to communicate visually. So I'm really, really big on communication. You have to have very open communication with your clients. Google Drive is another one. If you're not familiar with Google Drive, it can be a little intimidating, but it's really easy once you learn the basic structure of it um, and how it how it works. And so that's one. It's just a great collaboration tool. You can share folders, share drives, and it's just a great way to keep in touch with your clients and keep all of your project stuff in one place and not all over the place. Because again, really important to be very organized. Evernote is a great one for taking notes. Kirsten, did I see you just light up? (laughs) Yes, because I've used that for a million things for probably the better part of 10 years. It's definitely handy and it goes between devices, which is super handy. Yes, it's amazing. So Evernote, I've got, you know, the different, all my clients are set up in Evernote. So I can take my notes during our meetings and then share them with them. And so it's just a perfect place to keep everything in one place and organized. LastPass is probably the one tool that has completely saved my life. It doesn't have to be LastPass, but it needs to be something like that. There are several other. um, LastPass is the one I just happen to like the best, and that is a password protecting service. So it keeps your passwords encrypted. So I can confidently keep all of my client information in folders in LastPass where I know nobody else can get to them because they're encrypted. And if you forget your own password, they can't even recover it. So (laughs) it's a very good tool. And it's a great way to assure your clients and for your own personal stuff. Uh, My husband and I both have 
you know, our own last pass. And then we've shared the passwords, the master passwords with each other in the event that, you know, something should happen. And so it's just kind of an extra way to back your stuff up. But the other thing it does is when you're inputting your password, if you're logged into LastPass, it'll bring up the password, like it's encrypted, but it'll bring that up so you can just click on it. And that way you're not trying to remember one of 10,000 passwords that nobody ever remembers and (laughs) it's all kept securely. So I think that's such an awesome idea. Like this has been super helpful to go through a lot of these because for somebody who's interested in, you know, any of the different facets of this, these might be apps or software packages that they would be interested in. And if somebody wants to get more familiar with one particular one and wanted to learn it a little bit, how would you suggest that they approach that? Yeah. So the the best way is to, again, get the free app. Don't pay for it until you've tried it. If it's an app that you have to pay for, there's always a trial. So either way, get the free version. And then go to a place like YouTube, search for that app. And if you put how to in front of of the app that you're looking for, there will be different tutorials on how to use that that app and, and, you know, different tricks. And there's always hidden features and that kind of thing. So that would be, I think, my first two suggestions for that. Awesome. I think that's great. And now... I wanted to talk about the class that you're offering that starts on January 20th. And if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out, it's a couple of weeks from now, but Heather, why don't you give us a rundown of what that is and how that might help people? Yeah. So I've got a course coming out that teaches you how to become a VA, how to start your own VA business. And it runs through the basics of it's a beginner course. So it's somebody just wanting to start. So it goes through all the basics of what that entails from setting up your EIN number, which is free, by the way. <laughs> and that's for taxes for anyone. That's who for taxes. Oh, yep. yep. From setting that up to, you know, getting separate banking accounts, um, business accounts, and that kind of thing. And just all of the important things that you need to take into consideration and the things you need to look at to setting your prices to the different agencies you can go through to get started or how you can reach out in groups and that kind of thing. It's a cohort-based course. So it is very much in person, virtually in person, right? Where I am there, we meet every week for six weeks and I'm there to answer, to, to teach and answer questions. And then there's a ton of resources in the actual course on the different basic programs that I suggest and how to get started with them and how to use them and the basic setup, you know, from, is this something that you can use for automation? Is it not? How do, how do you use it? What does that even mean? And just all of the things that entail. So by the end of the six weeks, you will have, you know, if you put the work in, you'll have your business set up and hopefully at least one client. So that's awesome. And, you know, I had said before, when I first started my own business, there are all these pieces and some of them, you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. You don't even know what you have to dig into. And so I had found a community at that time that really helped me out on that as well. 
so that I could learn, like, what does it mean to set up a business? Why do you want to get your own EIN tax number? Why, you know, why do you want to get all these other things? Why is it necessary? So I love that you offer this. So if anybody's interested in that, we're going to put links in the show notes. But why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media and on your website if they're interested in this? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is being revamped right now, but the important information is up there. So it's heatherlynangel.com. And you can find me on all the socials at heatherlynangel. And you have a download that people can go to if they're interested in learning more. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So I've got a free download that explains what a VA is, the categories of a VA, the types of a VA, and the different software you can use. So I know we went over some of those. This is in a bit more detail, and it gives you ideas as to where you can kind of go from there. And it hopefully will get your creative juices flowing. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes because I think that's awesome. And that's going to be at podcast.carefullyhealing.com forward slash VA. And again, link in the show notes. So you don't have to remember that if you're driving. But Heather, thank you so much. This has been so awesome. It's so great to have some help on the career front for people. I know there's so many people in our community that are looking for more work, especially as they start to get healthier. So thank you so much for coming on today. Yes, thank you, Kirsten. I've really enjoyed it. Perfect. Thanks so much. I hope you found this episode informative and helpful. Please share this episode with a friend if you think that they would be interested as well. Show notes for this episode, episode number 92, are available through your podcast provider like Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you have followed Quest for Healing. And they are also on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash podcast. I've included links to the free download about the different types of VAs, where you can learn more about Heather and her class that kicks off on January 20th, and to the people that she follows online, as well as the online tools that she recommended. I hope you find all of this helpful. If you've been enjoying the Quest for Healing podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for joining me today on the Quest for Healing podcast. These discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. Hey, it's Kirsten. Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free Branch Basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium lauryl sulfate-free. 
So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always wanna be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com.